0: What is up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I'm your host Christian Oblena and today is another solo episode coming in after a what was an insane and crazy NBA weekend. With two marquee matchups with the Los Angeles Lakers with the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night. And then this Sunday matinee game with the Battle of LA and Staples Center with the Lakers and the Clippers. And obviously this weekend has a huge implication on on the MVP race. This is the pretty much all of NBA Twitter, all of NBA columns. Everything is geared up for this MVP race coming in after this weekend and my job right now is to just to go over um what went down and kind of my takes on this whole MVP situation uh with about 18 or so games left the last quarter of the season and let me well first let me let me set the record straight Although we came off this weekend with a lot of new questions and a lot of new perspectives on who should win the MVP, we are still on March 9th and there is still about four or five weeks left in the season and although it is fun to debate. Who will win MVP at this time? It's still not uh, clear enough. Well, no, I, I, no, I agree. Like with myself, <laughs> I agree with myself. But it is still not clear enough to tell and to vote to lock in a vote as to who is MVP. Obviously, we're coming. We came into this weekend. Giannis or LeBron. Giannis has been running away with it this whole season. Has been dominant throughout these last 63 games. And, you know, coming into this weekend, there was a chance for LeBron to bring it back. To get back, really, to be neck and neck in this MVP conversation. And so... Um, I will give you my takes later on um after kind of going over these two uh big games for the Lakers did two immense and great wins for them. So taking it back to Friday night, going into this game against the Lakers and the Bucks, I mean a lot of implications because obviously two number one seeds, two teams that have been pretty much at the top of the conference for most of the season if not all of the season you know um with two mvp favorites with two of the top three to four players in the league right now and there's just so many things could have been were answered after this game maybe not in terms of what maybe a potential finals matchup will look like but also just in terms of how they look at this critical part of the season in the last quarter or so, just coming into the middle of March, going into the you know, beginning of April, end of the season, trying to gain that last bit of momentum coming into the playoffs. And you know, this was a huge implication on what these teams will look like in April and May. And so, you know, I was super excited to watch this game. Coming into it, I just wanted to enjoy and just kind of see who in these games were going to, you know, cement their imprint, I guess, in this matchup. Because, you know, two widely very different in philosophy in terms of the Lakers being extremely physical and the Bucks being pretty physical as well. But, you know. Spreading it out for Giannis to kind of do what he does on a nightly basis is Coach Bud's ultimate plan in terms of offense, and Giannis also dominating on the defensive end as well. But you know, the Lakers so many questions around their whole kind of plan as a team. They still don't have that third guy. They have guys come up on a night-to-night basis, so that's maybe danny green is the the, probably the the best choice out of all the other role players danny green uh we saw A.B. bradley have a big game yesterday against the clippers and we'll get to that later but uh you know there's some of everyone thought it was going to be kuzma for a bit but he's kind of dropped off lost some minutes hasn't been playing his best ball this this season but recently has been playing way better and making his way you know to make an impact on a game other than just scoring and um, there's Rondo who has been kind of an enigma all season long has his short spurts of great basketball has a lot of spurts of you know why of questioning like why he's even on the floor at certain times and then there's like Alex Caruso and KCP and you know a lot of these guys who have question marks and have shown that there's some moments that they may not be ready for, you know, crunch time playoff basketball. But so coming into this game, I just wanted to enjoy it, see how these teams face up, uh, how these teams kind of match up with the one another, one, one each other, one another. <laughs> I'm, can I get my words right today? But For the start of the game, the Bucks were kind of dominating Uh, a slower game. Defensively, it just, intensity-wise, it just felt like a playoff game, right? And you love to see that in regular season game in a marquee matchup. You don't want these teams to just take their foot off the gas. And these these teams knew the kind of implications that this game had, right? Like, two teams that on one side... Was as in the Bucks, like they were out of the playoffs and easy comments finals, got dominated by Kawhi in those last four games. And Giannis trying to improve himself was MVP last year, but still some questions of, can he really do it in a big game, big series type situation and coming in as a prohibitive favorite as the MVP. And then the Lakers on the, on the other hand, just made this new dynamic duo with AD and LeBron and still trying to find their identity in terms of what they would look like in a playoff series and who can step up for them in that third spot. And we saw kind of Giannis take control that first quarter, but slowly as the game moved on, you know, AD started to pick it up. LeBron was amazing in that second half. Um, And even AD not, he played 29 minutes, shot 10 for 24, uh, but he finished with 30. And here's a big thing about Bron and AD in this game. Combined, they were 22 for 26 from the line. And if you look at Giannis and Middleton, Middleton shot no free throws in this game. Middleton was horrendous. Uh, minus A plus minus. I mean, that was... Plus minus is not a great stat on a on just a one-game basis, but uh, 5 for 19 from the field, 2 for 10 from 3. He didn't shoot a free throw at all. Uh, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 turnovers, a steal. I mean... As this guy who we think is has been actually pretty great this season, pretty underrated in my opinion, in terms of when he's I mean, they've had a couple wins when Giannis hasn't been playing, um, who just couldn't get it going at all today. And that's still the one thing I I think most basketball fans are kind of skeptical about. With the with the Bucks is that Giannis is a surefire like thirty and ten and eight every game. Let's say, I mean today he he didn't shoot. I mean he he was ten for twenty one. Uh, shot six threes, only made one of them. He get he got to the line um, a good amount of times. He shot eleven for fourteen from the line. 11 boards, 6 assists, a steal, no blocks. Uh, every player on the Bucks was a minus in the plus minus, except Marvel Williams, who was plus 1, and Kyle Corver, who was plus 4. Um, it just, as the game moved on, and the more... Uh, yeah, just the more the game moved on and the more comfortable A.D. and LeBron got they just kept chipping away and it was close. And then they just started pulling away in the fourth quarter. And that's when Braun is when when big games come around, I mean, in the fourth quarter, he's just tremendous. And Braun was twelve for twenty-one. He only shot one for seven from three. Uh got to line he shot 15 free throws he made 12 of them eight eight rebounds eight assists three steals 37 points in the night ad 10 for 24 he was over four from three so their two best players braun and ad shot one for 11 from three um and the lakers only made six threes think how crazy that is in the modern MVP on the nba they shot six for 32 uh that's about 19 percent from three and they won by 10 i mean it wasn't even close at the, those last couple of minutes right like they pretty much finished them off and that's just the one thing i, I question with the bucks is still like as great as they are they still have not who on the Bucks can really get it going other than Giannis in a big game? I mean, we've seen explosions from Chris Middleton. We've seen the flashes of greatness and we've seen him shoot the lights out. But where does he fit in a big game? And the Lakers defensively all game long, they just, they knew Giannis was going to get his. But whenever you cross half court, whenever... They were on the break. They made the effort to at least put a body on him. And we saw LeBron James in the second half just kind of take over on both ends on the floor, which is something we never see from him nowadays. But when his name is called in a big game situation against who people think right now is the best player in the world and Giannis, who comes out and just says no like forget that like i'm still the best player in the world i'm still the best player in the world and that's the type of I, I mean and everyone just buys into it like ad came alive and at first ad was getting dominated by by Giannis. but as the game moved on as the game slowed down more we never saw Giannis like take a rebound and go coast to coast you never saw him um they made everything tough for him and as still as a great game as he had he was kind of the only guy that showed up for him Dante DiVincenzo probably had one of his uh best games of the season uh seven for 13 three for seven from three and he kind of kept a minute honestly in that second half as Giannis was kind of taking a rest Dante hit a couple threes but still like there's still maybe there's still not a guy like on on this Bucks team that could stop LeBron because if you have Giannis on AD they started Giannis on AD defensively and he was doing pretty well but as the game kind of just slows down for them in a half most of the game was played on half court offense and the Bucs, what they want to do is just run up and down the court with Giannis leading the break and everything and just wasn't able to do that. And a huge win for them, for the Lakers, and still a lot of questions for the Bucks. And Giannis, the one thing kind of to take away as a negative for him was that he he landed really weirdly on his right knee, I believe. I forgot who was on the floor, but I think it was Caruso. Um, coming in the fourth quarter, kind of lands on his knee and he was grabbing it in a really scary way. And the, the thoughts I had was like, oh no, no way. But he gets up in typical Giannis fashion. Nothing really phased him. Stayed in the game. Um, but now he's out with a slightly sprained knee. He didn't play yesterday. And I mean, getting beat soundly by the Suns and just the Bucks are just kind of coming back to earth now. I mean, they're already coming back to earth before Lakers game, but after this weekend, like this is what changed the narrative for them. And in terms of the MVP race, this is kind of the weekend that kind of brings Giannis and LeBron closer in terms of this race. And, Let's uh, move on to Sunday, where the Lakers played the Clippers, another marquee matchup. The Clippers, the number two team in the West, and getting the best of the Lakers the first two times, albeit one of them was the first game of the season, so not really much to take away from that, and then beating them again on Christmas, which was a closer game, but no one really shot that well in that one game. And so we come here with the Lakers and the Clippers, and Braun only taking 17 shots, who 7 for 17, 2 for 6 from 3, shot 14 free throws again, made 12 of them, 7 boards, 9 assists, 2 blocks, 28 points, AD, 11 for 19. Had a, like, although LeBron had the great plays at the end of the at the end of the game, like taking over with the switches with Lou Will, Uh, AD had a tremendous game. He had, he's still one of those guys that gets a quiet 30. Like AD, you don't look at how much he has and you look up and he, he he has 30 points (laughs) and it just, the game just comes so easy for him. And this duo of James and Davis is working out to be, a match made in heaven to be honest I mean just they didn't go very big in this game uh, McGee and I mean Howard only played six and a half minutes McGee played 12 minutes a lot of their minutes was with AD at the five in the third quarter and that's when they made that run without LeBron James and that was huge because for most most of the season like when LeBron is off the floor it's just how how much can we hold up until he gets back on right like most LeBron James teams in the past and you know this game against a really great team I mean there was Kawhi and PG on the floor against just Anthony Davis with like Kuzma and Bradley and Rondo and Markeith Morris and I mean Bradley and Kuzma defensively were probably had their best game of the season Bradley coming up with 24 big ones um six for 12 from three and I was talking to my friend who's a who's a huge LeBron James fan um who still hasn't been on the podcast and I drill him every time I talk to him about basketball but anyway yeah I mean I he's a huge LeBron fan obviously supports supports the Lakers this year supports whatever team LeBron is on and uh and uh he's actually from Cleveland, so if you're listening to this and you're like oh it's just another LeBron rider like this man's from Cleveland but uh so I'll just leave it at that but you know I was talking to him about it, and he's still he had those questions along with the rest of the nBA world like who is gonna be that third guy and you know, most most people think it's Danny Green. Some people think thought it was Kuzma, but Kuzma has just been on this downtrend and starting to pick it up now. But I told him, like, A.B. Bradley is a guy that was really solid in most of his career and um, was looked at as one of the best perimeter defenders in this past decade. And so um, him coming up big is a huge sign for them, is a good sign for them that you know, maybe his play can elevate more and being more of a reliable shooter because there are times where he's, he's hot and cold sometimes from three, like, um, but this was his best shooting game for sure. And he really kept a minute and he helped them take the lead in the third quarter. And from then on, it was just once LeBron James back, got back in the game with about seven or eight minutes left. It was like, Oh no, like, the Clippers offensively weren't able to get anything going. And then you bring back LeBron James back on the floor. I mean, that's just for myself watching, you know, supporting the Warriors and in 2016 and just or every year, like whenever LeBron is off the floor and you want to, you know, step on their throats, like you got to You just have to find a way to do it. Because when he gets back on this floor, it's it's a scary feeling. It is a really, really scary feeling. And obviously the narratives now after these two games with LeBron going off and who's been on a tear over his last nine games, averaging 30, 10, and 8. He already leads a league in assists at 35 years old in his 17th season shooting 54% in that nine game stretch, 33% from three 74% from the line, which is pretty good for Braun. I mean, his free throws has been trending down the more, um, he gets older, has been only shooting 69, 70% these past, maybe like two years or so. And, you know, this is when the narrative starts to shift. Woke up on Monday this morning with just so many MVP talks. Um, Last night, so many people talking about, you know, Michael Wilbon even tweeted like, "LeBron has my vote for MVP." And let me, I guess, switch over to this MVP conversation and give you some stats. Um, obviously, it's Giannis versus LeBron James. I don't think there's any question that anyone else is in this race anymore. Luca was in the beginning of the season. He tailed off. He got injured. Harden was in was there for a while. Now he's having this crazy slump um when West, Westbrook isn't playing. They recently just lost against the Hornets and he had 10 turnovers and just doesn't look like he can be in this conversation anymore. I mean with these two guys, these are just two of the top guys in the league right now. And it's not even a question. So games played. LeBron James has actually played more. Um well well that's because the Lakers have played more games, but um Minutes per game, LeBron has 30 35. Giannis has 30. Um Giannis shooting 55%. LeBron shooting 50%. Both around the low 30s in three point percentage. LeBron is actually shooting 35% from three, which is probably one of his best shooting season for three pointers. If I'm not mistaken, I have to look that up, but um, rebounding, Giannis uh, with 14 boards. Braun with eight assists. Obviously, LeBron leading the league in assists with almost 11. He's at 10.6 per game. Giannis is at 5.8. Uh, Giannis with a steal, averaging a steal and a block per game, averaging almost 30 points to 29.6. LeBron James averaging 25.7 points with about 1.2 steals, a half block. And you know, Giannis kind of dominating the boards. Giannis dominating in assists. Uh, points are pretty close. Shooting wise, still pretty close. On obviously, Giannis plays a little less minutes because sometimes he's he's only averaging about thirty one. While well, LeBron is averaging thirty five. And there's some games where Giannis even plays under thirty because the Bucks just blew out a team for three quarters. Reminiscent of the 2016 Warriors uh, with Steph Curry only playing like sometimes like 25 to 30 minutes on games where they just blow a team out. But um, for 36 minutes, like Giannis is just dominant. <laughs> He's just insane. For 36 minutes, Giannis is 35, 16, and 7. I mean, <laughs> that's just insane. Uh, with 1.2 steals, 1.2 blocks. Uh, LeBron James, not too far off, but in terms of just the dominance, like Giannis every 36 minutes is just putting up historic numbers. Um, I don't think we need to really look at per 100 possessions, Uh, advanced stats. Uh, The things I really kind of look at are um, win shares. So offensively their offensive win shares are pretty close Giannis 5.7 LeBron 6.0 defensively Giannis is I mean the conversation is there for Giannis to win MVP or DPOI defensive player of the year and uh, defensive win shares Giannis is at 4.8 LeBron is at 3.3 and for those who um are question are questioning what are win shares? So win shares are pretty much an estimate of the number of wins contributed by a player. So when that player plays, does that contribute to you know defensively, offensively, and how much you know how much more games do they win? Um, not a stat that should define who the MVP is, but you know in this age of modern basketball and statistics, it is something to look at. But they are still pretty close in terms of you know wind shares and things like that. PR uh Giannis is at 37. Point s- 31 I'm sorry 31.7 LeBron James at 26. Obviously, PR for LeBron is gonna go down because of AD. Um so I mean in terms of just like advanced stats, Giannis has been insane i mean he's pretty much leading lebron in pretty much all statistical um you know battles but everyone knows mvp award is sometimes i mean not even sometimes but mostly just about narrative and the narrative starts to get written unfortunately in the middle of march and there's still a month of basketball to be played. Um I just listened to a podcast with Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, and you know Simmons is talking about there's still a, you know 18 games left of the season like there's not it's not a time to be putting locking in your vote for MVP even though after this weekend it is hard to not to talk about it because LeBron coming off two Tremendous games against two, um, you know, finals favorites, you know, and here sitting on March 9th, Monday, Monday afternoon, of course, we're always going to talk about this MVP race because they just played each other. And I agree with him in terms of you need to wait for the end of the season because, you know, now it's a lot closer, obviously. It's a lot closer because I came into this weekend thinking Giannis was going to run away with it. And now I'm sitting here Monday morning with a whole new different perspective and not even just, you know, not even just the narrative behind it all, but just what LeBron James has been doing recently. And that's just so easy for people around the NBA, people who have votes to look at that and be like, look, look what he's doing against these crazy, you know, good teams and yeah, I mean, that's a valid point because now this is where the season really, really starts to matter. People usually think that the end of March and the season is boring, but this season with the, you know, with the Larry O'Brien trophy so wide open, you have to really look at these next four weeks really closely because yeah, it won't tell you what they'll look like maybe in May or June, but it does tell you what, you know, kind of impact these two guys have had on their teams and their projected kind of finish for the season. And the Lakers are only actually now only down two games to the bucks. And at that point, when the MVPs usually these past couple of years, it's like best player, best team obviously some outliers with, um, with Harden in 2018 and Westbrook in 2017. I mean, if these two teams finish maybe like one or two games from each other and record-wise, like you can't take in just best player, best team narrative. You have to take in a lot of these other things. And the idea that LeBron James should win it every year is, yes, sort of valid because... He is every year, probably the most important player, but on a season to season basis on when we're just looking at the player's impact on one season, it has to go both ways because everyone talks about when LeBron James off the floor, what do his teams look like? What do the Lakers this year look like? And there's honestly a world where AD can be up for MVP because of his numbers and I think like last week he was leading this team in so many stats with points, rebounds, I think blocks, um, offensive defensive rating and like win shares and things like that. And he was leading the team in, in those categories. And that's not something to, to shake off, you know, yeah, so AD leads um so March 7th. So this was on Friday. Uh he leads a team in I'm sorry, March 7th was Saturday. Uh he leads a team in points, rebounds, blocks, steals, PER, offensive win shares, defensive win shares, regular win shares and um yeah. And he'll mo- AD will probably most likely be first team all NBA. He'll be first team all defense for sure and he's a DPOY candidate. And no one is ever talking about AD being an MVP. Um, but that's how much of an impact the narrative takes on the MVP race. So at the end of the day, I think it's just based on how we can look at this 82-game season in the middle of April, then we can decide. And it just sucks that these past couple of years, the MVP has decided... After the season is played, and no one cares. Like, we may not even care. I mean, we will care because now it's between these two guys who one of them has a chance to go back to back MVPs and win a championship, and one of them is on the Mount Rushmore basketball and he's looking for his fifth MVP that'll tie him with uh, Michael Jordan. And uh, he's one away from. Matching Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for six MVPs, so let's just wait and see. I love it now because now it's a closer race. A lot of new things can happen in these last couple seasons. This injury, this short-term injury for Giannis, has a lot of implications for his MVP status. Because if LeBron just keeps going on this tear, it may may not be even enough time for Giannis to kind of cement it, unless he gets some pretty big wins and just. Dominates, you know. So it's nothing a lot closer than it was a week ago. I still, I can't. If if we went off today, I would still have Giannis as an MVP. Slightly, like ever so slightly. But if the Lakers end up closing that gap and still becoming a prohibitive Finals favorite. And LeBron just keeps having this tear it's I wouldn't even mind if LeBron wins it as well so that's my take on this MVP race after this weekend moving on the Nets and Kenny Atkinson quote-unquote mutually part ways um I am surprised that it happened on this random date in March. Why couldn't they just wait till after the season when they get ousted in the first round? Um, Obviously the rumors are coming out that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving never really connected with Kenny Atkinson. It was clear that even throughout the season, Kyrie never really cared about Kenny Atkinson's kind of vision for the team. Uh, He kind of just did his own thing. He gets injured. Now, this is if I'm a Nets fan this is kind of this season is just if I mean we're still obviously looking forward to Kevin Durant's return and what his impact will look like for the Nets but this type of thing to happen in middle of season kind of a distraction and um, it is really weird and it makes sense, I guess, from Kenny Atkinson's point. Like, if they don't want me, then let me just leave right now. But in terms of as a franchise, who's going to be the next guy? Kyrie wants Taiwan Liu. And it just seems like if the Nets are going to let Katie and Kyrie kind of run the show, how high is their ceiling as a team? I I don't know. When you still have Giannis in the East, and if the Sixers can ever figure it out, and with the Celtics budding new, you know, three stars, and Toronto still with that championship pedigree, I mean, Kevin Durant what does he look like this season if he's hopefully he's at least like 90 95% from what he was but Achilles is crazy in someone who's that size and albeit he's may not be like that big but in terms of that size as a big man and he needs his explosiveness he needs that you know that injury to heal as best as possible to become his former self on the court um it is really questionable because with Tyron Lewis as a coach, or whoever, you know, whoever they hire for next season, it's gonna be a crazy ride for them. And these two guys who have kind of been in their own heads these past couple of years, and it's gonna be really, really questionable. Um, apparently, it started when Atkinson wanted DeAndre Jordan to come off the bench in favor of uh, Jared Allen obviously John Jordan is that is Kyrie and Katie's boy, um, and Jordan, John Jordan assumed that he was going to be a starter next to Irving Durant, um, so I'm just going over this, um, piece written by Tyler Conway today about the Nets rumors, um, while DeAndre Jordan publicly sa- quote, "While Jordan publicly said the right things, he signed reportedly signed in Brooklyn with the assumption of being a starter next to Irving Durant, interim coach Jacques Vaughn, first rotation move after taking over Kenny At- Atkinson was actually replacing Jared Allen with DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup. Likely not a coincidence." End quote. Um. Who? So that's kind of scary. If you ask me all throughout the season, who should be starting, Jared Allen or DeAndre Jordan? I think me and a lot of other people in the NBA would say, no doubt, Jared Allen, budding, young center, who shows promise, who defensively is getting a lot better, um, who's younger, much younger than DeAndre Jordan, and DeAndre Jordan coming off of pretty mediocre seasons for him, getting older doesn't have the same explosiveness as he had maybe let's say in like in LA on the Clippers and I mean we'll just see how the Nets deal with this in this offseason I mean their main concern is to have Kevin Durant back and kind of gain this um chemistry I guess and well I mean <laughs> we'll have to see and I guess to end this pod um, don't really want to end this on a bad note but Obviously, um, with this whole coronavirus thing happening and a lot of sports leagues are talking about, you know, even in the NBA, we're thinking about playing games without fans in attendance. Um, they actually just the NBA, along with MLB, MLS and the NHL, they released a statement announcing they're closing locker rooms due to media to media due to coronavirus Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not too, I guess, informed or educated about, you know, the league offices and what they think about with the coronavirus. And it is hard to see if they would kind of close it off for the fans and it would be really weird to see those games but obviously the safety of the players and the fans and the media is the most important concern and I mean we'll just have to see if these cases still keep showing up around America um, obviously sports arenas are one of the biggest things that attracts crowds along with concerts and everything it is pretty scary to see that this virus is affecting so many sports leagues and what this will look like, you know, in the next couple months. Maybe in the playoffs. Like, imagine a playoff game without uh, fans in the stands. Like, that, picturing that is just mind-boggling to me. And so I don't want to end this on a bad note like that, but I mean... It is something to talk about, especially with NBA being a very proper league and people want it, wanting to spend tickets and go to these games. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. But yeah, this has been a nice quick episode. These are my takes on MVP. Let's stop overreacting about the MVP award right now. We can overreact later when the season is really close to finishing when we're entering the playoffs and everything like that. So. Look out for another episode coming soon within the next uh, week. Um, really looking forward to this playoff race, what LeBron can do, what Giannis can do, and what these, um, how these seeds will shape up. So uh, we'll see. And checking out for another episode of the Dishes and Dimes podcast. Uh, peace out, everyone. Enjoy your week and enjoy the NBA.